Right. Good news this week. Hmm? I did not have to remember quickly halfway through the first sentence of this podcast to take my collar off today and stop it making hey! jingle jingle. Right? Bad That's news. That's a milestone, that. Oh, what's the bad news? Right. I took it off yesterday to do some recording because I brought back Squirty Play videos um, for the YouTube channel because this new ADHD meds, this concerter stuff that um, I know uh, you take, Laura, um, seems to actually be like working really well, better than the Alvance I was on. Um, I'm glad. So even though I'm really ill this week, listeners, and I'm a bit fucking annoyed that I've got no sympathy off of you listeners, right? Um, Even though I'm ill, I was like, fuck it. Could rest. Brain need do. So... I went back to playing some shit on Steam. Prostitute Simulator 2. Uh, I just started watching that video before we recorded. Yeah, it's actually really, it was, it was really good. It was a great one to come back with. Uh, but anyway, I had that off. And after I was done, I needed to go to the bathroom to expel waste out of my areas, right? And yeah, thought to yeah. myself, I'll get the collar, put it on while I'm on the toilet, to save time, to be efficient. Uh, instead, while I sat there, I just I thought about something else, wrestling probably. Um, yeah. Got up. I'd had it hanging on my neck to be buckled. It slid right off, right into the fucking toilet. <sighs> oh, no. Look. I've heard stories of, like, people dropping their phone in the toilet at airports and shit like that. This somehow feels worse. It's a hell of a thing to have to tell you, Dom. I... Carla's in the toilet. (laughs) (laughs) I I was... That thing's very important to me, so I I got very upset and I was uh, cleaning it off. But, um... Fee took it and is sort of uh, doing some, like, general restoration on it. So I didn't have to remember to take it off. Because it went in the toilet with my wee. Um, I mean, it was just you, as I'd t- flushed as well, so I was terrified it was going to get flushed down the toilet. Oh, oh no. I mean, look, better just when you flush than before you flush, I guess. Yeah. True. Yeah. Yeah. Like, my, my OCD Mildly and everything. Less pissy. Some of it manifests as fear about hygiene. I will not go near a toilet with my hands. I have never shoved my fist in a hole that quick. <laughs> But yeah, that, that, that's how my week's going. I'm very sick and my collar went into toilet. How is everybody else? My week's, my week's going, going, going pretty good. I finished a big work thing mm-hmm. and I played a bunch of a video game that was, you know, pretty charming. I, I've had an alright one. Good. Yeah. Doing all right, comrade? Yeah. Over there? Yeah, that. Yeah, yeah pretty much that. Uh, mosquitoes are a thing. Ugh. I was out in uh, my little courtyard looking at my tomato plants, and, I mean, I wasn't out there 30 seconds, there's a fucking mosquito biting my ankle. It's like the nerf. The cheek of it. The cheek right? of it. Right? Yeah. Managed to swat it, but it was one of those situations, you know, where you swat it and then you just got a handful of blood. Ugh. Yeah. But at least yeah. it's your blood, you know that. Like, you're taking it That's back. That's true. 
Well, I mean, I assume it's all my blood, oh, but, you true. know, maybe they, you know, stopped somewhere else on the way. That could have been putting it about. Right. Yeah, you never know. They. You never know. I hate bitey bugs. They love me. I will get, like, set upon. You know it's, um, like, gnat season. Um, and I know it before anyone else, because they go for me first, and they go for me in droves. And they go for me in really annoying places. They've been going after my fingers now. Whoa. Which oh. makes me feel like like I'm trapped in a well with rats, because that's the kind of thing rats in a well would do, would go after yeah. your fingers and your toes. Um yeah, they've gone after me in weird places, like they always do. But, like, the knuckles. There's no blood worth getting there. You don't want knuckle blood. I can't it's imagine that's an inefficient the... place to draw from. It's yeah. only capillary. It, it leads me to believe that it's malice. It leads me to believe this is personal now. There's some vendetta going on. I get called paranoid a lot. Really? Because I I, I assume everyone and everything is out to get me. And I'm not, like, joking. Like, I genuinely have it. And I know it's um, got one of those weird things where I know it's not true, but my brain doesn't. So right. I genuinely, like, believe in, in like, some, like, cosmic um, singling out. Which, Conrad, you've seen how what happens to me in my life. You spent mm-hmm. enough time near me in Philly to know just like what gets dumped on me from a great height. So it's not like there isn't <laughs> some reason to believe. Yeah, right. Like, I I think what it is is your uh, your brain knows it's not real, but your nervous system, the bit that you know, the bit that just you know got reacts to fight or flight, is like it just hasn't got the memo. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I I kind of doom spiral when a bad thing happens, because in my mind, it's always just part of a chain of events, which I'm trying to learn to break that habit. But when mosquitoes are going for your fingers, after a lifetime of them gravitating towards you, I don't think it's without merit to assume that they've organised. It's not right. It's not right. I'm I'm ill, and the listeners haven't even sent me a fruit basket yet. We've been recording for what? Oh, well, no, I learned this last week. We've been recording for under 15 minutes, and I've not gotten a fruit basket yet. How dare they? How dare they? How very dare they? Right? Fucking hell. Sorry, I got garlic bread in the fridge. Cook that later. You don't need to apologise for that. No. No, I really don't. <laughs> I'm not sorry. I'm not sorry for my garlic bread lifestyle. Yeah, be proud. Be be yeah. unapologetic about your garlic bread in the fridge. Oh dear. Well, it's oh. it's it's nice to. I mean, it's very freeing to come out, isn't it? To in a public forum say, "Yes, I'm Stephanie Sterling, and I've got garlic bread in the fridge." This is me. This is who I am. Uh, Fuck it welcome to Podquisition, everyone. Oh, yes. This is a video game show. Some of us played video games this week, probably. Yeah. Who who played stuff they want to talk about? Should we just do the the big game that at least two of us bothered to play? Yeah, let's let's do the one that I know me and Comrade want to talk about. Do you want to sure. you want to kick us off? Yeah. So uh, Pikmin's out, and uh, it is another. It's another Pikmin game. Which is to say that it's it's a lot of fun. I mean, it's the same same old story, right? It's it's Olimar 
gets uh, trapped on a planet and you have to go rescue him. They have added this dog. Yeah, let's talk about Ochi. Ochi? Yeah, Ochi, I think, is how you say yeah. it. Yeah. That sounds right. Ochi is a incredibly useful character. <laughs> like, holy shit. Yeah, um, he's, he's, a, he's a goofy little yellow dog. With only two legs. Only two legs? Yeah, only he's, just, two he's, legs. he's just got back legs and he kind of hops a bit like a kangaroo, but he's a dog. Is this like, did he lose them? Or is that like the species it has two legs? I think it's just built that way. Oh. It's just yeah. the species. It's, it's dogs that only have two back legs and they sort of hop around. Right. Okay. And uh, he's an incredibly useful multifunction character like they introduced cooperative elements in pikmin 3 where you have like a squad of eventually three characters that you switch between to solve puzzles in four they've sort of winnowed that down a bit making the dog necessary for a few of those puzzles but it's not it's not as much of a focus as it was in three uh, I think, to the betterment of the game. I agree, yeah. But the other thing that's so interesting about that is Ochi plays differently from your character. Yes. He can jump on his own, and so clearing small barriers with him is tremendously um, valuable. Just from a basic navigation point in, in opening up access to areas quickly. But having that one little element of verticality added into it yeah. to where you have some sense that you have more control over where you can go in the environment is nice. And and I think that they've balanced it well because the big drawback to Ochi is Ochi cannot go through small gaps. So if you've got like a series of bars... You and the Pikmin can walk through, but you can't bring Ochi with you. And let's say you get through those bars and you see a very small ledge. Now you're like, oh, I know what my objective is. I'm trying to find a way to bring those barriers down so I can get Ochi through so I can jump up a minor ledge. Um, right. And But uh, by contrast, he can attack. Yes. Ochi has attack cap capabilities that your character doesn't also. And mm. that's interesting. His, his rush attack is incredibly powerful you have an ability yes. where if you do your little jump and you hold the jump button uh it charges up an attack it it's a big rush and then once you hit any pikmin that you're on that are on ochi will fly off in forward in the direction of your strike and onto an enemy if you've, mm. you've hit them and the amount of damage that you can do with a full complement of Pikmin landing immediately after this hit, which itself does a not insignificant amount of damage when leveled up, is a really quick way to eliminate a lot of enemies in the game. Um, yes. And it also gets a stun that you can buy for it. That's the other thing. Equipment has yes. been just blown up. They've added so much stuff there. Um, yeah, so you now you now start with like less ability than you do in other Pikmin games in certain capacities, and some of it is stuff you have to sort of earn and unlock through play, but it also gives you a lot of 
resources with which to prioritize picking up above and beyond what you used to be able to do new little character upgrades and those are really nice mm, yeah uh you well the environment now has because in the past you would find like building resources in an area and they would be specifically for the purpose of building some construct somewhere in a level of bridge or mm. or what have you um in pikmin 4 you collect those resources and bring them back and they can be used to be applied to any construct on any map but as well as that those resources are used to buy equipment from your little base hub there's a scientist who makes available all sorts of upgrades and items and that is a huge shift too um mm. there are like defensive upgrades to account for all of the various uh elemental damage types that you can take and there's health buffs for you and ochi and that sort of stuff but then there's some, just some tremendously useful accessories mm. like the item that lets you call all of your idle pikmin oh, back to you I I was going to mention, I was so happy to see that. Any Pikmin that aren't currently doing a job, you can just go, get the fuck over here. And that... Yeah. That... that Because I know I don't need to go back to the base every single time my Pikmin deliver a thing and go grab those Pikmin. I can go grab them as a batch later. But in my head, I'm like, nah, I, I can't be leaving Pikmin around doing nothing. I have to go back and get them. As yep. much of a waste of time as that is. And that just destroyed that brain demon for me. But it's interesting because I... And I'm in... Now, what I can't help but assume is the uh, final area of the game. And I haven't used it yet. I bought the thing, and I only recently bought it. I kept forgetting it was there. Because one of the other things you can do, and, and this just speaks to sort of the flexibility of options that Pikmin 4 is providing the players. I just trained Ochi to do it. Because Ochi gets his own uh, progression path. And his mm. own skills that can all get upgraded. Yeah. Um, and one of the abilities that you can teach Ochi is to go and retrieve your Pikmin from the home base. You go to the home base, he can retrieve Pikmin from anywhere on the map and just bring them back to you. He just hunts down all the idols wherever they are. Yeah. Um, so I've just not bothered. And I keep forgetting. I mean, I keep forgetting that I can send Ochi to do that too, yeah. for that matter. Because it's just such a compulsion to run back and get your your Pikmin. And that's something that I'm going to have to break myself of because <laughs> of um, some of the, well, but we'll, we'll, we'll get into to that later. One of the other elements <laughs> of this that's uh, really fascinating with the resources is that all of the sort of single use items that you could get in prior mm. Pikmin games, you can now just buy them with these resources. Yes. Which I've never really done, but I can totally see once I have all of the, like, permanent upgrades done, I'm going to start doing that, and I, I appreciate that it's there. There's a, I mean, there, there's, there's a couple of times I used it, actually. Like, early on, there was a there was a pond that needed, like, 30 ice Pikmin, and I don't think I had 30 Pikmin full stop at that point, and, like, going and buying an ice bomb did solve that problem for me. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, a, a lot of the, um... The single-use... Well, actually, I haven't bought a lot of the equipment, despite how far into the game that I am. Um, like, I haven't bought any of the elemental damage resistance 
upgrades ah, interesting. at all. Uh, I, I haven't found them necessary. The, uh, the combat in this is such that I can take out the enemies and, and frankly, you know, the traps faster than it would be, you know, a concern in most, it's just a planning thing generally. So I haven't bought any of those. Um, but one of the things that I really like is, is, I mean, well, this is, this is good and bad. The bombs that would be used to destroy concrete walls in prior games, the little explosive devices, you would have to find those by finding a dirt mound and having your Pikmin dig them up. And there would be enough to deal with the ones on, you know, a level that you would need, but that would be it. Here, you can buy them and use them at any time. You can use them as offensive weapons, and that's really interesting but it does mean that you're not going to find as many, or at least you're not necessarily going to find the one you need in the environment in a convenient location. Um, mm. A bit of a trade-off there. And I have bought a couple of bombs just to have on hand in case I find a wall and I don't want to like hunt around vainly looking for an explosive that may not be there. Mm. Uh, but that, yeah, that is useful. It had not occurred to me to use the ice bomb to compensate for a lack of pikmin to freeze a surface though um and i guess that's a good time as good times anyway to talk about some of the other like pikmin because ice pikmin yeah. are new aren't they uh i i honestly can't remember if we've had them before or not i think they're new i'm pretty sure they're new i think every other pikmin in this is returning um you have your traditional red yellow and blue um, the rock Pikmin are back. Uh, yeah, they are new. I I thought they were, but the second you asked me that, I I second guess myself. <laughs> yeah, but I think I think they're the only other new Pikmin because I think the purple Pikmin that Pu oh purple Pikmin have definitely been around before. Yeah, they've been around before. Well, there's 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 at least one other type we will get to in a second is the the glowing ones. Oh yes, yes. I, I I always forget about that. Again, something else I almost never yeah. use. Uh, the poison and uh, flying Pikmin are, are they're all in here. Yeah, and they limit you in that you can have three Pikmin types with you at any time, at any one time, with one notable exception. And um, yeah, they're all they're all there. They're all doing the same shit. But the ice Pikmin are really interesting. They have a, a few abilities for you know because they are cold. They're necessary for attacking certain cold enemies. That's all well and good. Mm. But every body of water in the game has a freezing point yes. at which you throw enough of these ice Pikmin in, and a body of water then becomes a solid surface that you can traverse. Yes. And I love that, but more to the point of the Ice Pikmin is mm. their function in combat. They are yes. the most useful combat creatures in this game. I fucking love them. They are, with one notable exception, and like this is uh, touching on a mechanic that I'm sure we'll talk about in a second, but there is a... Uh, uh, a high score chasing mode that you can do, 
And one thing I will note about the ice Pikmin is that you, if you defeat a creature with an ice Pikmin while they're frozen and they shatter, they don't leave a corpse and you can't mm. point score off bringing their corpse back. And it's the one place I've had to be careful about them is, like, generally speaking, I 100% agree with you, they are the most useful type of combat Pikmin. I constantly want them in my pockets because being able to freeze an enemy for a period of time is so nice. Oh, not... Not merely that, but you'll you can freeze them. You follow it up with a dash from yes. Ochi. You throw all of your Pikmin onto the enemy, and you know if if they're not shattered immediately by running through them, and you'll just wipe them out. It's there's yeah. almost nothing in the game that can stand up to it. It uh, really cool ability. Mm. Um, did they have dungeons? In I can't remember. I don't. So underground caves had been a thing in the past, but they definitely weren't this uh, elaborate and intense. Because uh, now, most of the times when you find a cave in this, they are like multi-level themed dungeons with a particular like mechanic they're trying to teach you or a thematic element you're uh, uh, dealing with, and they feel very, very like. The caves are memorable. They have very distinct identities to them, uh, mm -hmm. tonally and gameplay-wise. Like, I could pick out a specific one and go, yeah, I remember what I was doing there. For the most part, they have some sort of thematic element to the Pikmin that you can bring with you, and so that pro often provides an interesting challenge into what you can apply. They're also the way to get the rarer Pikmin types. Um, yes. So if if you want more rock Pikmin or, uh, you know, uh, you do eventually get an onion to make ice Pikmin. Uh, it's yeah. funny. You get them almost immediately in terms of having them for use in the game. Hmm. But you don't get the onion to produce more until you're in the back 20%. Yeah. Though, that being said, I have... Managed to never be short of Ice Pikmin. No, they're pretty uh, prevalent in terms of having access to them in dungeons. They show up a lot, so it's it's yeah. Well, and and as they should, being like the new Pikmin, like yeah. it just makes sense exactly that get more out of them. Uh, but I do think that's a, a was an interesting design choice. Yeah, the dungeons are a lot more elaborate. They're fun little puzzles. Still, I, I enjoy them. Uh, the more mode the alternate mode gameplay of yeah. this uh i like it but yeah I, I don't feel it was necessary i definitely don't think it was necessary but i've really enjoyed the addition um mm -hmm. so for anyone who's not played this uh there's there's two uh new modes that uh dondori battle and dondori something else uh dondori challenge yeah i think so yeah, so battle is, I think, the the easier one to explain and and the more uh, distinctive a change. It is a one v one split screen. Who can Pikmin the best in a time limit against a CPU opponent? You are dropped into a little battle arena, and there are uh, a bunch of things to, for your Pikmin to be collecting, breaking down walls, finding higher level things, getting seeds to get more Pikmin. And there is another person also trying to get a higher score than you by collecting better things. And uh, outside of just the trying to be efficient about like picking your route, selecting what you're gonna you're gonna try and collect, 
one of the things that I think is a nice touch is that if the opponent is trying to, let's say, like, take a big apple that's going to be worth, like, ten points, if you send more Pikmin than they have sent, you start winning the tug of war and pulling it your direction towards your base. Mm-hmm. It encourages you not to overcommit to any one thing you're trying to collect for yourself and keep an eye on having a pocket full of Pikmin ready to grab something that's a nice point scorer off someone else. I've really enjoyed those. I've been replaying them between missions, trying to get platinum scores on all of those. I really dig them. Uh, the, the other one, Dundori Challenge, is here is a map full of a set number of uh, treasures to collect, and you have like five minutes. Try and get as high a score as you can, and ideally for like the platinum rank, collect every single piece of treasure that exists within this environment before the time runs out. And Every, every treasure and creature. Yes, every treasure and creature, and again, without using ice Pikmin, because that'll break them and you won't get the points for some of the creatures. Um, But those, I think, are where the ice Pikmin, I really started to click with uh, some of the value they had, in that ice Pikmin become really invaluable for creating shortcuts Mm -hmm. throughout levels, uh, and creating ways for you to not have to carry an object the long way around. Oh, boy. Yeah, uh. and and generally a lot of that that cha- those challenge missions is not only like what's the quickest, efficient, and most efficient route to grab more Pikmin, grab treasures, but also what order do I need to be opening up shortcuts back to where I've got to drop them off to minimize time wasting. Well, and another element that enters into this is in another uh, new feature. I think this is a new feature. Is you can relocate the base. Yes, in uh, many levels. Yes. Uh, definitely in all the like big overworld levels, but also in a lot of these. In a lot of the levels. dungeons, yeah, and yeah. and so that can be all right. Well, do I need to have the base on this side of the map, and how does that affect my shortcuts? I was just playing uh, last night before bed a challenge level. I don't know if you've you've had this one yet, where you have two bodies of water mm. uh, in separated rooms. With fifteen ice Pikmin I, required, I literally, and in, yeah, I literally like twenty minutes before we recorded today, I did this exact one. Yeah, I am so close to platinuming that one. I am so <laughs> close, but it's that watermelon and the two enemies next to it. I just can't quite get to them in time. That's um, f- yeah, I've yet to. I got a gold on my first attempt, and I can see what I need to be doing differently. Because, like, I think that's a really fun one, because you get access to so many purple Pikmin in it, mm-hmm. that it, it it's a case of, like, all of these big items are re- really easy to carry, I just need to be prioritizing everything around that. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, and one, it's, it's tricky, too, because you also, like, you have to convert Pikmin that you're going to need. To do other yes. things in that process. So when do you start collecting all yes. of this shit with your big like, Pikmin? At, at what point do you call 15 of those ice Pikmin out of the water because you think, okay, this room we're done with, that's 15 extra Pikmin for me to be sending other places. Mm-hmm. And but could ha- you be using those 15 Pikmin to solve something else in the room in a shorter period of time and then toss them back in? Like yes. that all plays a role and uh yeah yeah I, and honestly i've really loved the puzzle of pl- like platinum hunting on those challenge missions because they all feel like completable but you've really got to try for it yep and there is just enough time and i've really dug that challenge which i guess should lead us to the other 
big new mode in this, uh, yeah. which is night explorations. For the first time, the, yes. the game is going into night. Traditionally in Pikmin games, everything follows a day-night cycle, but you stop when night comes because the monsters are too uh, aggressive to, to deal with, yeah. is the, the idea. So now you're doing night expeditions, and these take the form of another just sort of alternate mode, as opposed to actually exploring the environments at night. Uh, you're put in the levels, but now there are bases that you have to defend from oncoming hordes of enemies. There's a time limit on the stage, and if you exceed the time limit, that's one way to victory. The other way to victory is to eliminate all of the enemies on the map, which mm. is, imp is possible in most of these uh, expeditions, yeah. it seems. Um, but you can't take your regular Pikmin. They give you the other new type of Pikmin, which are Glow Pikmin, which are ghosts? I think so? Question mark? Yeah, they cannot die, and they can only be out at night. I think they're ghosts. But they're ghosts they're that ghosts. you can carry in the form of a seed, so right. I, I, they're somewhat tangible. <laughs> right, and that's one of the rewards for doing this mode, is that any uh, you get 20% of your collected Pikmins in Glow Seeds for use in other dungeons in the game. So these seeds can be used to expand your, your rank of Pikmins to get yourself, yourself a little bit... Uh, a little bit more oomph if you are in a dungeon. I've never done it. Like I I can tell you exactly the one dungeon I did it in, and you'll know this one. It's the one that's very... You're being hunted by Nemesis. Oh, sure. Yeah, because in that one, um, the game was giving me lots and lots of signals to be like, no, no, you can't deal with this. Come back later. Run. Get to the next floor. And I said, no, fuck you. I'm going to 100% this dungeon on the first try and collect all the treasure, despite the threat that I can't actually deal with. And I lost a fair amount of Pikmin oh, in no. the process. Um, but the Glow Seed Pikmin were really useful when I was running low on the Pikmin I was supposed to be using <laughs> because I was trying to collect every piece of treasure against an unkillable foe I could not do anything about. <laughs> and so, well, that, that leads into another feature that's been added that I I didn't think I would use but wound up using a lot out of convenience, and that's the rewind time mechanic. Yes. That allows you to go back a period of time as determined by the game. It, it, yeah. It, 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 it can vary from, like, five minutes to, like, 30 seconds, but... I think the easy way to describe it is... Back to what would be your last autosave, or if you're in a dungeon, back to the start of the floor. Right, but it doesn't really give you any indication. Well, even in the dungeons, you can only go, you could go back a minute or two minutes. Uh, yeah, it, like, it's not it's, restricted to that, but it's. Yeah, it's, it's not precise, but like, that's the best ballpark of like the vibe of when yeah. you can rewind to. Yeah, and, I, and, I, and I'm fine with it being a vibe. Like, if I'm yeah. gonna have to, it's never more than a few minutes that I'm losing, and. You know, I just did it, so it's not like I can't remember what yeah. I did to get back there. Um, but, like, and I didn't use it in that dungeon with the steamroller. 
but um, I have used it in many other dungeons where I will, you know, have a, a small wipeout uh, where I lose, you know, five, six yeah. Pikmin, and I'm just like, fuck that. I'm not losing my Pikmins, and you rewind it, and and it, it that's very convenient. That, I think, is the the main takeaway I have from Pikmin 4, generally speaking, is that it is all about quality of life improvements throughout this um pikmin 3 had that huge quality of life improvement with the go here command which returns and is still just such a great feature especially on a map where your uh arrow indicator is showing you the direction that the camera is facing not the direction the character is facing i see why you would do that but it drives me nuts my mm-hmm. head can't handle that spatial relationship, and I'm constantly losing track of where I'm supposed to be going. Uh, so having that click on the map and they go to the place that I want them to go without my needing to figure out what direction that actually is, is just so, so nice. Mm-hmm. But, and, and that's not to say that like all of these quality of life enhancements are great. Um, I think the level design isn't as tight in, I, yeah. in Pikmin 4, and that a lot of that feels like it's owing to all of the options it's provided for navigation, that they know they, they feel like they need to use those rather than creating stages that satisfyingly loop back on themselves in the way that prior Pikmin games have. Yeah, and and we were talking about this the other day, and I think you put it well when you said, as, as convenient as moving the bases around the levels is, it feels like it exists because of the change to how these levels are structured. Like, it feels like it is a band-aid for the fact that, like, the levels are not what they used to be in some ways i mean it feels i feels like i feel like they inform each other um i think that Mm. in part the level design uh you know perspective shifts when you're designing these because you're you don't have to think about bringing everyone back to a central point that there are going to be multiple points that they can go to so i don't know if it's you know papering over poor level design or its availability is making it easier to do poor level design and it's not even fair to say that it's poor yeah poor level design isn't the right way to put it but i i level design that lacks a certain element that used to be a hallmark of how pikmin levels were designed yes and that is going to be a personal preference whether uh how you feel about that and yeah. like i don't always dislike it no nope. but it's definitely different i do think it is just generally speaking broadly more accessible to players agreed agreed the content density and variety is very impressive. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm pleased that there's enough to do. If I'm getting tired of an exploration, there are lots of options for me to keep playing and having fun with that. Yeah. And I'm into all of that. I've heard people talk about, oh, you know, they're they're desperate to try and get people to finally like Pikmin. I don't think this is going to do that. <laughs> no, I like I think this is the best chance that a lot of people are going to have to like Pikmin, 
But yeah. I think if you like, act, if you actively like really disliked it before, there's a lot of things that aren't going to win you over here. Like it, it depends what your problems with past Pikmin's are. Like to my understanding, this doesn't have the thing that some past Pikmin games had, where if you don't complete the game within a set number of days, you get a bad end. Yes. And like, if 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 if, for example, that is your problem with past Pikmin's, this is the pick. Like, this is an accessible entry point. There are certain changes like that that will bring some people over to like, oh, I like Pikmin now. I don't think it's gonna cause a huge shift in the audience size for the series. One, well, and I think that I don't think the reason people weren't playing pikmin was that it was inaccessible in a mechanical sense i think pikmin never caught on in the way that it seems nintendo wants it to as a franchise because it's too fucking weird yeah and you know how i know that that's the problem with pikmin as a series Hmm. because this is the most chibi robo a pikmin game has ever (laughs) fucking been oh that is that is the perfect way to describe it that that has been the comparison the the that people keep giving me as I stream this. Everybody who comes in and looks at it at first, as I've been playing on stream, says, "Ah, this is a lot like Chibi Robo, isn't it?" And I've been streaming you're not wrong. it. No one has made that comparison, but they are so correct to make it. <laughs> yeah, it's and and part of that too is it it is definitely fleshed out the lore of Pikmin Four in a way that it never has before and has given us a little... And I, you know, I'm saying this to avoid... I'm saying it this way to avoid spoilers uh, of any sort, but you learn more about the planet that all of these games have been set on, which I, it's not going to surprise anybody that it is Earth, but you learn more about the Earth that you did not have a clear conception of in this game that sort of changes the whole perspective and i dare say could allow chibi robo to exist in the pikmin universe i'm just throwing that out there if they wanted to do a crossover pikmin chibi robo i am down for that shit i mean they feel at home with each other right yeah so, uh, but, but yeah, and that's, but that's it. I think the game's just too fucking weird. People look at it and they're like, what is this? And there isn't a great way to communicate in 15 seconds what this game is. The elevator pitch is hard and it is very brightly colored and distracting and strange. Uh, and I think that's been the barrier to entry. It's not the not whether or not the game was good or well designed or was thinking about the player. Um, those things are all nice, and it's certainly improved in that respect. And this is by far the most accessible. But I can't help but feel that it, it, it's not an issue of there wasn't an audience of people who were held back. <laughs> by Pikmin being too hard to play. I, I just think it's too strange. No, uh, yeah, I, I don't disagree, but, uh... Yeah! But thank God they keep sticking with it, because I love these games, and oh, I want to keep God, playing yeah. them. Like, for, for any changes that were made that I don't personally vibe with, 
it doesn't change the fact that, like, I have spent this... All of my free gaming time this week, basically, playing this game, and it has been exactly as delightful as I expect a Pikmin game to be. Yep. I am having the time I expected to have, and that's great. It's just been very wholesome, and it's it's just been... Yeah, actually, side note, something that's really nice that uh, that I really appreciate... I really like that if you're stuck trying to find one thing in a level because you're trying to 100% it, that your dog can sniff out and bring you to roughly where it is. Well, and and if you are ever in need of specialty Pikmin, he can hunt yes. down what dungeons have those in them, and that's a huge yes. convenience too. Yeah. Uh, the dog's just great. The dog is just great. I hate, I hate to say this, but Peter Molyneux was right. They made me care about that fucking dog <laughs> they peter molyneux me how dare they do that that, is, that is unacceptable how dare no one should ever be molyneux no but yeah yeah I, I think that's pretty much all i i have to say about it it's it's good game yeah. it's good game uh it plays pretty well with the version of yuzu that i'm using <laughs> uh has a just uh, you know i feel like i f- <laughs> I feel like I should be uh, offering, you know, some some like like when a port comes out. <laughs> <laughs> well, are you going to be our? That... Are you going to be our emulator reporter? Oh H- god! How's the Yuzu port? Uh, the, yeah, the Yuzu port is it's it's pretty good. Uh, I'm on fifteen oh two. It has some has a weird problem playing like the tutorial videos that come up in. Uh, uh, when you're looking at menus, and that translates to the title screen and so forth. At some point in running it, it seems to break down. Um, oh, dark levels. That was the big problem. Something about the lighting effects with the headlamp in those dark levels does not play well. So sometimes you can't see shit. Sometimes it's just blinding. Uh, but apart from those issues, which, you know, your mileage may vary on a different emulator or on a later update, but apart from that runs pretty well um some frame drop periods uh trans you know it'll it'll drag on my system uh down to you know two frames a second occasionally uh but on the whole uh, no complaints it it, it works well enough that it's it's quite playable in emulation so good times yeah yeah Uh, steph you've been so quiet you all said Peter Molyneux, and now all I can think about is him with an OnlyFans. Oh, no. Uh, it's going to be the most compelling penis you've uh, <laughs> ever seen. Um, hello. <laughs> You're right. Uh, I, I'm, I'm curious to know about all of the features that he'd be promising from this Oh, penis. yeah, you're really going to care about this, D, as well. Uh, it's going to make you cry. It it has done many times. Um, yeah, mostly playing Exoprimal still. Very, very compelled. Buy it. I'm like a level 102, 103 now. The the season pass thing that came with the, the deluxe edition I got, done that. I have got an MVP with every character except my favourite one, Nimbus, and the Sniper because Sniper. Basically, I've just played a shitload of it. It's really good. Like, there's a reason I enjoyed doing the Jimquisition on it so much, because I really, I like playing it, I like thinking about it. It's just a big, dumb dinosaur game, and and I'm fucking hooked. I started playing it this week, 
after your reassurance that it is not as much of a terrible microtransaction fest as it is dressed up to be. Yeah. And you are right, it is wonderful. And I wish that this game had not advertised its three or four different monetization yeah. strategy battle passes every time it was shown off, because much as you, you know, sort of made the argument in the Jimquisition this week, I didn't play this game that I am now really loving because they made it look like a thing that I don't play. Yeah, they absolutely did it a disservice. Uh, like I said in the video, in one sentence I can do a better job. It's Earth Defense Force by way of Overwatch with dinosaurs. That, and I know that sold it for some people. I've had people say, yeah, that first sentence sold me on the game. Pay me, Capcom, or anyone. I'll sell your fucking game. As long as it's good, I'll sell your fucking game for you. Does that include the ones who reached out to me to get <laughs> you to do a sponsored <laughs> post the other week? Uh, by all accounts, probably not from what I've heard. I'll say this. Um, without getting specific, <laughs> a certain developer who is in the midst of having some stories about, you know, poor treatment of workers reached out to me, not to offer me sponsored work, but to offer Steph sponsored work through me, despite the uh, the fact that there are some news stories around them that would make them definitely not a thing Steph would want to be associated with in that moment. Yeah, I usually, like, just flat ignore requests for sponsorship, but that one made a hell of an impact. Um, <laughs> aha. Uh, yeah, yeah, interesting. I'm half tempted to get back to them and be like, sure, do you want to go on my live stream? And then just see what happens. I mean, there is a bit of me that's really tempted to be like, what could you get away with? Right? What could I money? do? <laughs> um, yeah, so Exo Primal, fantastic. I. Even though it's not microtransaction laden, I am worried that if, well, that, I say if, when they do another, like, battle pass, mm. I'm going to get it. I'm worried that's going to happen because I'm that into it. And you know what? I mean, like, that's not inherently a problem. If you're enjoying the game and it's not pressuring you to buy it and you're enjoying it and would like to pay for more things... I mean, it's not inherently you know, bad. I'm not fully against expansions. I'm not fully against yeah. DLC. I don't like battle passes. I think they're they're yeah. like shitty. But at the same, but God, I am a consumer whore. Like, it's part of the reason I have a go at these business practices so much because I'm susceptible to them. But like, I am just eager to see what comes next. They've got the uh, what's it called, the Savage Gauntlet mode coming in August. Mm. The thing they've really hyped up in game before telling me it wasn't in the game. <laughs> yeah. But until then, like the mileage I've gotten out of Dino Survival, which is essentially the same thing over and over again, to do it over a hundred times and still be like up for more. And like I said in the video, in fairness. Even though it plays that whole trope of, of un, an unfinished triple A triple early triple access game quite straight, there is some subversion. I am over a hundred matches in, and it did something new today. There was a new type of dinosaur with a new type of uh, objective that I hadn't seen yet. Um, so it does have these little twists that come in. Even though I gave it an eight, 
uh, in review. My own personal experience with it is the kind of thing I'd give a 9 and 10 to. It's just there's a lot of very uh, crucial criticisms. But I'm playing this to the point where, like, when it does come up, like, Jimquisition Award time, so long as there are no microtransaction shit added in, it's in the running, even though it normally goes to all the 9s and 10s and that. I just fucking love it. I really, really like it. I'm going to keep my eye on, on, on it because I've not been this into an online game in such a such a long time. Really happy to hear that. Yay. I played a really fucking stupid thing this week I want to talk about. Oh, please. Uh, so, so here is the title of the game, and give me a second because it's pretty long. Yeah, you want those games, right? So here you go. Now, let's see you clear them. That's is that's the title. That's the title of the that's game. That's the title. Huh. Yeah, you want those games, right? So here you go. Now let's see you clear them. Okay. So, um I'm not going to say this game is good, but I am weirdly enjoying it. Um you know all of those like mobile games that just do not exist beyond being the fake versions of the games in adverts. For like Pull the pin out to make the knight get to the treasure and not have the oh, lava yeah. fall on him. Oh god, some of those are so dark as well. <laughs> They're like right, fucked yeah. up. Right, so you got you got shit like that. You've got shit like the um, uh, the knight who's in a little room and he's got a number above his head and you've got to like bring him to a room that's got an enemy that's lower than his number and it adds the number up and you can progressively go to stronger things. But, right. you know, because your number's increasing. You've seen that one? Mm-hmm. Or the 3D person running sort of side to side on a little path, you know, collecting whatever it is to progress through. Um, someone took all of those ads that don't actually exist as games and made them into games and put them as a collection. That is sort of that is sort of clever because we've all seen yeah. them. Like if you've got social media, right? like especially Facebook, like you've seen them. Yeah, the, these are. 100%, like, even if I'm describing them poorly, you will look at the five games in this and go, oh no, I've seen that one on TikTok behind an Am I the Asshole post or whatever. <laughs> um, like, that is exactly where they show up. But uh, the thing is, it's it's eight quid. It's got five games in there. And each of them's got, like, as far as I can tell, I've so far been able to see a hundred levels for each. Maybe there's more, who knows? I could only see up to 50 when I had the first page. They're genuinely pretty alright. Um, so, like, the pulling the pins one, I'll use as an example. Um, there is a definitive progression of introducing a lot of new mechanics over time and then requiring you to factor those into how the core gameplay works, and fundamentally it's just pick the order to pull these pins out. But they've added and introduced a lot of different elements and mechanics that do not exist in the one YouTube pre-roll trailer that you see uh, to make an actual functional game out of it. And maybe that's things like uh, there are big trolls, and if you get a big troll and a little goblin near each other, the troll will go over to where the goblin is and beat them up, and that will sort of set their new final position. So if you're trying to like drop something on their head, maybe you've got to use that to get them into position. And I'm like... 70 levels deep into this, like, pull the pins one, and really hoping that there's more than the 100 I currently know about, because I am really enjoying this stupid, like, they're just little, like, 30 seconds to a minute little puzzles. It is the stuff that you find in mobile games, but I've paid 8 quid rather than have to constantly have 
oh no, you can't play anymore today. Here's a here's a advert thrown at you. Yeah, and like, I don't hate little mobile game puzzle mechanics. I don't like playing them because so often on mobile they come part and parcel with being infuriatingly buried in adverts with no way to just I'm enjoying this, I just want to give you a quid for it and be done. And that's fundamentally what this is. Is it's None of the games in this are amazing. They are all fundamentally kind of tied to their roots as we, we made a game out of that one mechanic you saw in a, in a mobile game ad, and therefore we kind of have to be tethered to some design choices that aren't going to be perfect, because these things were never meant to be actual games. But I'm genuinely kind of enjoying them. Yeah. Um like I'm I'm honestly pretty surprised that they didn't just use this as um an opportunity to get in, do the gag, get their money and get out. Yeah. Uh this is made by the people who made the Katamari remakes, the HD huh. Katamari remakes. And they they've put they've put effort into it. Um if you're someone who just likes the idea of um do, do little pu- do little puzzle challenges and it's a bit silly because it's like that thing from the adverts. I honestly have feel like I've 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 made a decent purchase with this. Like I'm not going to tell anyone it's good or that everyone should go buy it. But if you if you're listening to me talk about it, you'll know whether this is a thing that will appeal to you. Um. Yeah. It's, yeah, I want to check this one yeah. out. That is such a clever idea. I do agree with the uh, user review I'm seeing on Steam. Um, where's the violent ones? Like, you're not the father with you yeeting the baby. Because I remember <laughs> yeah, that one. Yeah, that one yeah. was gold. Um, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, they've definitely they've definitely played it a little on the safe side. But, um, yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm enjoying it. It is it is a clever idea, and they have put the effort in to make it not just a little gimmick. I mean, okay, it's a little gimmick. Uh, I I will say as well, it the thing that has like gotten me. Uh, I really hate mobile games having like star ratings for completing puzzles because so often it is intrinsically tied into the how much energy do you have per day to do the things? Do you want to really waste time redoing that energy, redoing that level when you can go to the next one? With that taken away, uh, these puzzles are genuinely, like, uh, they're usually time limit based as to whether you get three stars on them. The time you have available is, like, it's really narrow, the timing for three stars, and I feel good when I see my little three star ranking. I like this stupid mobile collection. It's pretty good. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, what about you both? Either of you played anything else this week? No. Uh, I'll briefly talk about it. I, I, I don't know if you remember Spirit Hunters, that vampire survivor style game that I played on a live stream and slagged off, and the developer went in to the chat. Um, oh no! But that's out of early access now, and uh, it's on Switch, and I got it, and it's better. It's yeah. still. It's still got the major issue I had where the weapons aren't quite that satisfying because they're, so many of them are of the um, thing will appear at random rather than yeah. something that like heads towards the closest enemy or something you can direct. There's some, mm. 
But a lot of it is, here are some spears shooting out of the ground. Here are some vines coming out. Here's a, a hex thing, like a circle of damage that will come out. And some of them are very similar. Um, but it is it is enjoyable enough. It doesn't nail the uh, the gratification that uh, some other games do. Um, it doesn't last very long. You never really feel like you're, you're, you get into the groove until it's almost over each run. Mm. Uh, there's something to it. My experience is so much more positive than when it was in early access. Um, there was another Survivor-style game um, that was on Switch, Army of Ruin. Uh, and, you know, since I, I worked on Vampire Survivors, I make it my business to uh, check out most of the ones I come across. Um, so I checked out Army of Ruin. That was also on the Switch. Uh, that one is 3D models, uh, very jaggedy ones. It looks... I don't know if it's using pre-made assets. It's got mm. the style of one that does. Um, and the, the the edges on all the models, especially the treasure chests, uh, when they sort of... You see the close-up of them opening. The edges of all the models are so jaggedy. Um, and it gives everything the appearance of, of looking kind of... Not cheap, more just the digital equivalent of decrepit. Um, still getting to grips with that one. I've only done a couple runs. Um, the weapons are better than, than in Spirit Hunters in terms of variety and uh, the ones you can sort of direct uh, that you have a little bit of control over uh, what you're doing with the, or where your positioning is relative to it and the enemies. Um but it's not, it's very slow paced. And each run is about 10 minutes, um, which again, like Spirit Hunters, I understand they want to make these games a little more snappy, but it doesn't feel long enough for a, for a proper run. Um, they've kind of mitigated that by not having the weapons level up very much. I think each weapon levels up five times and then you're done. Although I have just unlocked evolutions for them, so I'll have to see how that goes. Uh, but yeah, oh, that's uh, something Spirit Hunters does pretty well as well. Um, there's like a big sprawling skill tree, um, and you can unlock ev evolved versions of the weapons. And some of those can be pretty game-changing. Like the random spears can become a cage, like a circle of spears that jut up around you, um, which means you you finally can sort of position them. Uh, or the bone projectiles that shoot above and below you you can get an evolution that splinters them and then you can level the evolution versions up uh the fireball the orbital that rotates around you is pretty good because you can evolve that and it turns into a little dragon that shoots fireballs out and if you level up the fireballs enough um to where the cooldown is is down you're just constantly sending a big spiraling circle around you so those are good um but yeah uh, those are two, they're the only two things I played in between Exoprimal. Um, I've not seen another one of these games yet uh, that has touched Vampire Survivors outside of Bone Razor Minions, which is still just one of the fucking best games I've played this year. And that's it. Yeah. That's about all I did this week. Uh, the only other thing I played, and I can briefly mention, is uh, I finally beat the final ending on The Binding of Isaac Repentance. I've been sort of chipping away at that recently, trying to trying to get through some of the stuff I hadn't seen, and doing so I realised that there is still so much of this game I haven't seen or unlocked. 
mild spoilers, I guess, I unlocked uh, a whole second character select screen for oh. corrupted characters, where I got a corrupted version of Azazel, who doesn't have wings, they've been, like, physically ripped off, and the laser is considerably, like, shittier but longer range, and you do, like, a sneeze when you start charging the laser, and that marks enemies that are near enough to you with a brimstone symbol that makes your laser then do considerably more damage to brimstoned targets. So you're trying to get people in close to mark them with your sneeze to then damage them with the laser after that. And like, there's a whole character select screen of those that I do not have. Uh, there is so much video game in The Binding of Isaac, my brain boggles at it. But I've beaten, I've beaten, in theory, the final boss of The Binding of Isaac now, so I can put that little brain gremlin away for a little bit and nice. play some other things. Very nice. Uh, I was, I, I was actually thinking about Binding of Isaac today. I was like, maybe I'll uh, pick that back up. But ever since the that last big expansion, I found some of the balancing changes like turned it into a, a much more annoying game for me. So I haven't yeah. sort of touched it in quite some time. Same. Yeah, I've, I've, it's just too much content for me at this point. If it, uh, I, I felt that way for a while, and. I, I don't know what changed, but I came back to it, like, maybe a month ago, and it has been pretty consistently my... If I'm not playing through something else that I'm trying to get through, like, it's been my fallback for the last month, and I've gotten back into it, but it it takes some adjusting to the different balance, for sure. Uh, so, with that out of the way, should we do a couple of bits of newsy stuff? Yeah, let's I'll allow that. it. Yeah. Um, I've got a bit of news here. That I would normally, you know, jump all excitedly into, but I kind of want to talk instead about the fact that this piece of news exists. I'm just going to get this out of the way. So, without saying which, a movie studio has done a branded tie-in to make a controller that smells like a food. Like a video game why? controller that smells why, like why, a food. Why? Why? Uh, why? Because there is a food that is particularly relevant to this movie that's coming out. This, there is and, a, yes, there is a type of yeah. food that is identified with the intellectual property, and therefore. Yeah. yeah, and the reason why I'm not jumping into this is, on stream the other day, I saw this story and was like, ah, oh, this is a great, hilarious story, and I started reading it, and halfway through the sentence, I went, I have been fooled into talking about a piece of struck work here, but, uh, yep. you know, from a studio that's under the writer's strike right now. Um, well, and, and, and actor's strike now. Yeah, uh, everybody's the, yeah, getting just, in. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, you know, it's not going to be that hard for you to go find out what they made a controller smell like for but what don't film bother. you want to go find that out. But, like, don't bother. It's. I think you're going to see a lot of shit like this in the coming weeks of mm -hmm. video game tie-ins for upcoming movies because movie people are not are respecting the strike action going on right now and not talking about upcoming films from studios they're being striked against you're going to see a lot of here's a news story of something wacky to do with a movie that is video game related in the hopes that video game people will talk about it and undermine the strike and people who are involved in the film influencer market have been taking a ton of shit from people who, when they express the idea that they are going to continue doing coverage of these films, I'm happy 
Like, I'm thrilled by yeah. this. Like, mm-hmm. you know, nobody likes a scab. Yeah. And, yes. uh, and that, that, that goes for the marketing too. You know, that's solidarity yeah. means not doing that work and not thinking yeah. of yourselves mm-hmm. exclusively. And, uh, so I have a lot of respect for film influencers who yeah. aren't, uh, taking on any new contracts or work for, uh, the film industry. And I think we need to be calling out uh games coverage uh of these things yes. for what it is which is that they're trying to do an end run around their strike to market their products yes if they can't get film influencers to talk about their upcoming film they want video game people to talk about their upcoming film to get around the fact that those people are taking a principled you know attempt to strike and get better you know pay and and working conditions i mean let's face it they've got plenty of reason to believe that um, they can get that from video game media. Yeah. Um, yeah. You expect solidarity, you expect principle from that sector. You're winding yourself up to be disappointed. Though, to be fair, uh, yeah. I will I will say, I think they probably expected the film influencer community to be a pretty easy sell, and that's turning out to not be so much the case. So yeah. that's that, that gives me yeah. hope. But it is like just sort of taking the next rung down the ladder, yeah. isn't it? To all right, well, well, yeah. who is even more yeah. venal and self interested? Did any exactly. major game blog um, pick up on that story with Bethesda? Uh, no, I don't think they have yet. Because no. of course they fucking haven't. The sheer—they've reported on stories of mistreatment with a lot less to go on than the yeah. the stack of evidence. And I mean, that was they offered. sure. They sure will talk about a controller that smells like food that is promoting yeah. a movie from a struck studio. Like They'll sure I, do that, but they won't. Obviously, post-Gamergate, you never want to like go too far into, oh, game journalism, corrupt, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, after seeing them like suck up to Ubisoft still, like that, that was what truly went from me sort of not caring much for games media and being like disgusted by a lot of it. Um and for them to just like post all those Starfield stories the week it came out that uh, yeah. Zenimax and Bethesda had, had held that trans woman's healthcare hostage, um, and none of them have touched it. As far as I can tell, one's, uh, two sites did it. One I can't remember the name of, and thegamer.com is the only one that not oh. only touched the story, but followed up on it and had more. Um, the, the, good the on gamer? them. The gamer genuinely like a really good site. Um, yeah, they 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 have reported on stuff that like, um, when I dug up some stuff around uh, Life is Strange True Colors, not having subtitles for uh, licensed music, including when characters were singing licensed songs, uh, and like the problems with that. The gamer was the only site that picked that up, and they like they 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 they're on it. They do they do good coverage. I mean, I think there's probably still a measure of fear also, right? These, which just doesn't make it right. It doesn't excuse it. But I do, I do firmly believe that a lot of these people are just fucking scared of the audience and understandably so because the audience I mean, there is some of that. There is some of that, but there's a couple of blogs that like have historically had no problem going up against it. Yeah, I will say this. There are certain big places that haven't covered it. And there are certain smaller places 
that are largely staffed by underpaid people or enthusiast people who do not have access to a legal team yep. that are probably waiting for a big name to cover it so that they go, cool, we're legally safe. And without that, they don't have a legal person to go, Can uh, is how I plan to cover this going to be okay legally? Yeah, well, let's be honest. I'm not I'm not having a crack at the little sites. Well, no. I'm having a crack no. at the sites where, in an ideal world, you'd expect better. Yeah. Even though it's been proven yeah. that you're barking up the wrong tree if you do. Yeah. Um, I am disgusted by so much of, of games media, especially the, 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 the bigger straights of it. I have been angry at so much of it since they all went back to sucking up to Ubisoft. But yeah. I was genuinely, somehow, despite nothing, despite their inaction, rarely shocking me these days... I was actually really genuinely surprised that The Gamer, one other small website, and me were the only ones yeah. who touched that story. When, and, and, and it speaks, of course, to, to mainstream news's issue, where unless it's, unless it's something they can properly sensationalise, a trans person going through some bullshit is not an interesting story to them. You know, trans people's stories of mistreatment gets ignored so much. I don't want to... I'm not going to get too deep into the dark, miserable stuff, but we are used to seeing this. Yeah. And for for some of these game sites that otherwise talk a big game about being progressive, seeing it here has been dismal. It has been yeah. dismal. And I am... I am shocked. I, I hoped at least, like I know I'm nowhere near as influential as I used to be, but I hoped me doing a video on it would have put enough onus on them to be, to, to think maybe we should mention this. And the fact they've just carried on like it was nothing and will just keep providing breathless coverage of Starfield is sad. This is the same games media landscape that paid zero attention as Swery went on weird yeah, transphobic tirades and just completely ignored that was happening. You know, it's it well, is. For what God's it sake, is. that guy was harassing you on Twitter and uh, oh, he was he was he was important. he was he sure he sure didn't like that I had criticism. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's just sad. And and yeah. honestly, there's quite a few people out there that that have talked a big game in the past that ought to be. Uh, Maybe a little ashamed of themselves, uh, but yeah. Well, there well, you go. <laughs> I've I've got a I've got a nice upbeat story to sort of lift us up a little bit from here. Okay. Uh, are either of you aware of the uh, the newest addition to World of Warcraft, Glorbo? Glorbo. Glorbo. I, lo I love the name. Uh, comrade, are you aware of Glorbo? I've, I've heard of I've heard of Glorbo. Yeah. Okay, yeah. okay. I'll 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 introduce Steph. Is it, is gonna... it related to Gorzak? He's oh, a big hit. So I'm I'm gonna read to you a story that got published on the portal uh about Glorbo's introduction to World of Warcraft. Uh let, let let me know when when this when this gets you. Uh Okay. World of Warcraft players excited for Glorbo's introduction. World of Warcraft players are thrilled about the introduction of Glorbo and eagerly await its impact on the game. World of Warcraft players have been buzzing with excitement ever since the announcement of Glorbo's introduction. The highly anticipated new feature has sparked a wave of positive sentiment amongst players who are eagerly awaiting its impact on the game. Uh... <laughs> 
Key takeaways. Players express excitement for Glorbo's arrival and its potential impact on the game. Uh, some players have reservations about the mandatory item Click Clack and its effect on casual players. Rumours of Stormsong Valley becoming the new location for Half Hill Market and Farming Sim minigame generate enthusiasm. Appreciation for previous game changes such as the inclusion of Klaxi as a playable race. Reddit user Kafer Kegrin expresses their excitement stating, Honestly, this new feature makes me so happy. I really just want some major bot-operated news websites to publish an article about this. Look, Smithers, Galabo is coming. <laughs> ah. So if you hadn't worked this out yet, a Reddit user put up a very excitable post about the addition of Glorbo to World of Warcraft, including the line, I really hope some major botter-operated news website publishes an article about this. Glorbo does not exist. Oh, uh, the, this the is beautiful. The mandatory click-clack item does not exist, nor does its uh, effect on casual players, or the new farming sim minigame, or the inclusion of the Klaxi as a playable race. That does not stop the fact that this article is going to go on for quite some time talking about Glorbo. Reddit user Tensam expresses concern about Glorbo being overpowered and accuses Blizzard of being inconsiderate to toward non-Glorbo players. This sentiment is countered by players like Wombs, who appreciate Glorbo's backstory and the impact it had on the game's lore. This post got turned into a news article on at least two gaming sites that farmed it without paying any attention to what they were farming, that turned every single comment on it that was coming up with nonsense lore into very sincere descriptions of upcoming patch changes. And it's <sighs> safe to assume that no human touched this, right? I mean, look, the sentence structure is surprisingly good for something a human did not touch. Yeah, but ChatGPT can do that. Yeah, I have to assume that they just... No human touched this or saw this. It just happened. Amazing. Uh, yeah, yeah, um... <sighs> it's it's well worth a read the original Reddit post because like people people really uh had fun with it. You get such wonderful quotes in the news story as uh making click clack a mandatory item is such a huge punch in the gut for casual players. I don't <laughs> have time to farm zoop for that. <laughs> the wow. the world building is is impressive. Uh it it really goes on for a while, so there you go. There's a fun little story about the downfall of games media starting to poke its head in with AI-generated <laughs> yeah. work. Brilliant. But I mean, look, at this point, look, fuck Activision Blizzard. Uh, I, I, I would love... Like, this is one of those stories where I hope that someone on the dev team puts Glorbo in the game after this. If the world's going to end, you might as well have a good time. And my hat's off to these Reddit people. That's, uh... Yeah. Yeah. I... My, the, I can't get over the fact that the bot took the bit where it's like, I really hope an AI-generated news <laughs> bot steals this story. I mean, I, it, it's, it it's, really... It's the cherry on top. What it does a great job of is something I talked about in um, my video on, on AI. is the lack of context. Yes. Like, you can get these things to generate words yeah. that string along and make sense you can get them to make pictures that look like the thing they're meant to look like so long as you don't look at the hands but you cannot teach your bot context 
You what what you This can is do... not AI. Yeah. It's not actually artificial intelligence. It's not intelligence. Yeah. It's algorithm. It's collecting data and repurposing it. It's an asset flip. Yeah. In a you, way. What, yeah. What what AI AI text bots are capable of doing is making something that sounds like it makes sense within the data set it's given. So, with that news story, you give it that Reddit post, it assumes everything in there is true, and it writes something that sounds like it makes sense given the information about Glorbo that it's just been fed. Yeah. That's all it does. It's, can I write new sentences that sound like your sentences about Glorbo? <laughs> uh, we've got a couple of other very quick stories to, to chip through. There was a story earlier this week that, like, I've seen a lot of people share the original story, not a lot of people share the follow-up to it, uh, because, you know, that's that's how things are. Corrections and additional context are a lot harder to spread. Um, the original story that was doing the rounds was, Ubisoft uh, is deleting accounts of people who haven't logged in to their, their Ubisoft account on oh, PC yes. for, for X amount of time. Theft. Uh, that, Let's call yeah, it what it is. Which, They're stealing. Well... well are they? We'll get to that in a second. So, people were being sent an email informing them that, you know, their account had been suspended due to inactivity and would be deleted within 30 days unless they click a button that says, cancel account closure. And understandably, a lot of people pitched this as, my account in which I've purchased games is going to be deleted if I don't use it frequently enough and Ubisoft's going to steal games away from me that I paid for. That isn't actually what the story is. And I'm bringing it up just to, you know, clarify it. Um, the uh, people who are getting those emails are people who have never purchased a game on their mm -hmm. Ubisoft account. They are people whose account is not only inactive, but has never purchased a game. Are being told, hey, you've not used your account in like a couple of years and you've never bought anything with it. Are you sure you still want it? Oh, fair enough. Uh, which... I, 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 look, I want to have a, a, a go at Ubisoft at the best of times. Like, I love a good excuse to have a go at Ubisoft. I do think it is important because I've seen so many people who do still think the story is Ubisoft is deleting accounts that, that contain people's paid for games. Well, their own Twitter account, like their support Twitter account, didn't fucking add that context. Yeah, which I... They, they, it looked like... According to them on social media, that they confirmed it. They confirmed they were deleting accounts, and I'm guessing whoever was doing the social media did not know the specifics of which accounts were being deleted and why and what they needed to be combating. Uh, but yeah, up updates to uh, you know various uh, news sites that that covered the story. Uh, they now say. We're deleting accounts that have never bought anything and have been sat around because we're required to by GDPR. Um, but, you know, we're looking at has the account been used since its creation? You know, uh, accounts that have purchased games are not eligible for deletion. The period of inactivity... Is there an active subscription tied to the account, in which case it's not going to be deleted? Basically... As long as you have ever bought anything or ever spent money or had the account less, like you've used it in the last four years, you shouldn't get this email saying, hey, you've got 30 days to not get deleted. Okay. So, shitty messaging on their part. Uh, and, you know, it, the fact that this was so believable to so many people, I think, says a lot to 
how we've been trying to think about digital goods in that it really did not seem surprising, the idea that they might just delete people's accounts, games and all. Uh, so yeah, that's that's it. We've done, we done it. Good. All right. Yay. Yeah. I'm gonna go off and be continue being ill. Uh, according to my Windows taskbar, it's going to be... It says heavy rain soon. Oh, boy. So... A sequel to the Quantic Dream Classic. That's a uh, a bit of news I've brought to uh, close us off. Um, oh, no, if it's raining, oh, I'm going to be made up with that. I love rain. Um, I tell you what, I also love Laurie Kate Dale. And, and <gasps> I love that you do work oh. and things. And I think the audience would love to hear about it before we go. Oh, well, you can find all the stuff I do at Laura K. Buzz pretty much everywhere. Laura K. Buzz on Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, TikTok. All, all, the, all the places that you find media. Patreon's the one that pays the bills. As little as a dollar a month really helps. That is the main source of income I have. That is the reason I can do the things I do. Uh, this week's episode of Access Ability that's going to be up on YouTube on Friday uh, is about the upcoming game Stray Gods and talking about some of its accessibility stuff it's doing but also talking about the fact that they're being open and upfront ahead of release about some of the places they are failing to hit their targets on accessibility and why that's really important. And we really need to move towards seeing more developers do that. Uh, that's going to be up on Friday. And sometime Friday or Saturday, uh, there will be an interview with me about accessibility stuff on the Kotaku Australia podcast. So that's coming uh, what about you, Conrad? Where are you on the internet? Uh, you can find me at Conrad Zimmerman on Twitter, Instagram, and Blue Sky. Uh, you could buy anti-capitalist propaganda and official Jimquisition licensed merchandise at mercenarycreative.com. And you can hang out with me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash thatconradzimmerman. Listen to me uh, talk about snacks on Let's Talk About Snacks available where podcasts are found and everything i do online gets supported through patreon at patreon.com slash fist fist shark and you know who else has a patreon james stephanie sterling it is true it is patreon.com slash jimquisition um i live stream as well i started that back up just before i got fucking sick um I got one round of Exoprimal in like at like midnight on Sunday. That was when I had the time. I was wondering why you were on so late. I saw your notification uh, pop up. I was like, it's after midnight there. I'd wanted to stream Exoprimal since it came out, <laughs> and it'd been over a week, and I had planned to do it Sunday night, and had gotten like I worked as hard as I could, but still didn't get done until nearly midnight, and I was like, fuck this. I'm not. I'm not not streaming again uh so did it and was planning to do it on monday and got ill do you think that's what made you everything over maybe yourself no, no 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 it was one of the bloody kids that made me sick i know that much um it, whenever a child is sick near me i will get sick oh ch- children are our illness factories oh yeah little vectors um put put on earth by nurgle himself um <laughs> But yes, I stream, uh, let's see, my upcoming wrestling dates, got a big one Sunday, this coming Sunday, um, that's Huddersfield, that's Tidal Wrestling, uh, if you look up Tidal Wrestling, you can get details there, uh, if you can get to Huddersfield uh, on Sunday, uh, do please come along, um, I'm really sort of uh, excited about that one, um, I'm in the Women's Rumble match, 
um, with some familiar Spectrum faces. Uh, Freaky Felicia is going to be there. Uh, Simon Miller, of course, is going to be there. Uh, so do come in if you can. Um, the other one that was announced this past week is the one I've been teasing for a long time. Um, this match will be the biggest of my career. It is Commander Stephanie Sterling facing, at last, Kid Bandit, um, the biggest non-binary wrestler in the world. Um, yeah, yeah, uh, facing one of the not-quite-as-big-but-a-big non-binary wrestler. Um, that is at True Grit, uh, August 26th in Leeds. Uh, look up at True Grit Wrestle, and that should get you the details. Um, that is one you won't want to miss. I guarantee you that I am anticipating it to not only be the biggest match in my career, but the best match and possibly one of the best things I've ever done um, in any any medium. Um, so do come. I, I've hyped that up way too much, but it's going to be fucking great. Um, and yeah, I hope you had a fucking great time listening to today's, today's podquisition. Thank you for listening, sharing, supporting, all of that good stuff. And we will see you next week. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.